All right. So, Matt, I realized this weekend that my dad, he's got the heart of a lion. Really? Yeah. He's also got a lifetime ban from the Fort Worth Zoo, but that's a whole nother matter. (laughs) Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> All right, everybody. Here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Man, I'm I'm really doing well. Good. I, I, I can't complain. Good. I can complain, but I'm not gonna. So that, I'm just, great. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into it, we'll say go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. You can find a list of shows that we're happy to be associated with, and you can find some tips and tricks on podcasting. Go over to podbelly.com. We also want to thank tonight's sponsors, Every Plate and Fume, and we'll talk more about them coming up in the episode. While you're on the internet, you know, clearing your browser history so your significant other doesn't see it or whatever you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's just because when you're you're shopping for new accessories for your truck. Right, that's it. You know? Yep. When you're when you're looking at one of those thousand uh, dollar deck boxes, yeah, you know, or, and you're or, like, I can't let her see this, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, searching for their gift or something, you know. That's right. That's why I cleared it. <laughs> anyway, uh, go over to patreon.com slash graveyard tales, and you can sign up to become a patron. We have one, five, and ten dollar levels, and we are working on something new that is going to come shortly for our ten dollar a month patrons. So go yeah. over there and check it out. We got a bunch of episodes, though, already on there of just random. It doesn't necessarily follow the Graveyard Tales theme. It's just a bunch of different stuff, and we got a ton of bonus episodes. Oh, yeah. I mean, we we cover all kinds of stuff. We got, um, you know, funny, funny stories. We got lists. We got... Uh, you know, me or Adam quizzing the other one. We've got news of the weird, a lot of fun stuff in there. Uh, they're a little bit more casual. Um, they're a little bit shorter. So they're, I mean, they're, they're just a lot of fun. And like Adam said, we have a ton of them now. And if you become a patron, you can copy that RSS link into your podcast player and get all of the bonus episodes there. So you don't yeah. necessarily have to go to patreon.com slash graveyard tales every time you want to listen, but there are videos on there yeah. too. So five and $10 a month, get videos. So go over there and check it out. Patreon.com slash graveyard tales. All right, Matt. So that's all the housekeeping I got for tonight. So why don't you tell us what are we talking about tonight, brother? So tonight, uh, we're going to look at another haunted castle. Um, but guess what? We, we don't we don't have to leave the US. Good. Which Good. is odd because most of the time when we talk about a haunted castle, we're we're somewhere in Europe, mm-hmm. you know. Um mm-hmm. but tonight we're going to talk about Franklin Castle in Cleveland, Ohio. Yep. And just I mean like a lot of places we look at, it 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 sits on a list that says it's one of the most haunted houses in Ohio. Um after doing the research, I don't doubt that. Um but I would definitely say 
it's the most haunted castle in Ohio. Yeah, that's it's probably a good uh, assessment. Yeah, and so just for fun, I was like, yeah, how many? It's probably the only castle in Ohio. Ohio has 14 castles. What? Yes. I'm I'm not going to list them, but I looked it up on a whim that's today. Crazy. 14 castles in Ohio. <laughs> What's up with you Ohio people yeah, and your castles? What are you doing up there? You know, I guess, you know, you got, I've always wanted to live in a castle. I am Lord of this farmland. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a pretty amazing place. It in, like I said, even though it's in an unexpected location, um, there's a lot of activity there. And, uh, it has got some really creepy history. It really does, yeah. I mean, serious creepy history. So Adam's going to get into that for us tonight. So, uh, so Adam, I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. So as we always say, go check our sources down at the bottom of the show notes. You can find where we found all this information. You can continue the research if you'd like. And, you know, we got to give shout out to the people who have gone to these places, done the hands-on research since Matt and I right. can't get to it. Um, we're using their experiences and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe one day Matt and I will write an entry to That's one right. of these sources because we will have gone. But for now, check our sources down at the bottom of the show notes. So Franklin Castle is also called the Hans Tiedman House. And it's this imposing looking mansion, like Matt was saying. It, it's known as the Franklin Castle, though, because it's located on Franklin Boulevard in Cleveland. So it, the Hans Tiedman House or the Franklin Castle, which I think I will refer to it as both throughout this episode. Yeah. So just so you know, it's the same place. I haven't lost my mind. I didn't <laughs> just start calling it the didgeridoo house or something when it's not even that. But Well, he hasn't lost his mind because he uses Franklin Castle and... The Tiedman House. He, he's lost his mind for other reasons. Oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs> Totally different reasons. Unrelated to, kind of related to graveyard. To, never mind. We'll keep going. <laughs> so the German immigrant Hans Tiedman, he, he became prosperous in the U.S. first as a wholesale grocer, and then later he became a banker. And he, he amassed quite a bit of money doing that. And then he built this mansion for his family. It was built between 1881 and 1883. So it took a couple of years to get it built. And, you know, keep in mind when I'm talking about the history, this is all kind of happening between 18, the, the early 1880s. So kind of a different time frame for the, the U.S. and especially right. for Cleveland. Now, the house was designed by the famed Cleveland architectural firm Cudell and Richardson. And the style of the house, which is a large rock-faced sandstone mansion with a round corner tower, was pretty much contemporary with architectural developments in Chicago and New York. Man, so, I love that look. Yeah, I do too. I, I, lo I love it. I, man, I had a patient um, that has a house with that that rounded corner tower mm -hmm. it look i mean i it's always i've always wanted a house with that yeah i, I don't have that matt would and sit up in I it with a bow and arrow and <laughs> wait for people to I deliver would. the mail and shoot at I them totally would yep. I, my, I would have boone dressed up like a dragon <laughs> you know it would be amazing 
I would pour like hot oil down the side of it yeah. and try to climb it. There you go. You know, I, I you may go. just do it on my current house, Matt, which would look absurd, but I would Matt, love it. Matt, I know you. You would be up in that tower with a long blonde wig on, hanging it out, <laughs> saying, climb up my hair, darling. <laughs> That'd be me. <laughs> so when the Tiedman house, uh, when, when the Tiedman house was built uh, in the late 19th century, Franklin Boulevard was one of the most upscale residential avenues in Cleveland. They say perhaps second only to the famed Euclid Avenue's Millionaire's Row. So if something's called Millionaire's Row, and I guess if you're from Cleveland, you understand Euclid Avenue's Millionaire's Row. But if something's called Millionaire's Row and you're the the next one in line, Mm -hmm. that's pretty upscale to me. Oh, yeah. You know, because... I mean, for most of my life, I've lived on the hundred airs row. So, <laughs> I'm a hundred air. I can live here, dang. I, get a- <laughs> I I can have a mailbox. That's yeah. <laughs> it's held up by cinder blocks, but I have a mailbox. Dang it! <laughs> so, uh, Hans Tiedman built this grand house on Franklin Boulevard, not only to provide a more upscale residence for his family, but it also provided a temporary place for friends, family, and other others that were immigrating from Germany to stay when they first moved in Cleveland. So that's kind of cool. He used yeah. it. You know, if you were immigrating from Germany, Hans Tiedemann said, hey, I got spare rooms. You can stay here till you get on your feet. So I, yeah. that's pretty cool. Now, we'll contrast that with what happens here in a little bit, but just keep in mind, he did a good thing. He <laughs> he he had a good idea. Yeah. So let's keep pushing that on him. Now, the house replaced an earlier house on the property, which was raised during the construction of the new house. And I have to say, since it came up in the research, the word raised, R-A-Z-E-D. <laughs> I knew where you were going. <laughs> My whole life, I have hated that term because you can raise something to the ground before you raise a building to the sky. Right. I hate that. I, I, I absolutely hate it. We need to wipe that from the lexicon. R-A-I-S-E is raise. R-A-Z-E right. should only be included in razor. I'm using a razor <laughs> on my face. Yeah. I agree. And, and, you know, and we wonder why immigrants come to this country and have difficulty with the language. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because of this kind of stuff. Yeah. This is stupid crap that doesn't need to happen in the English language. I'm sorry. And it makes no sense. You can raise something to the ground. No, you can't. You raise it above the ground. Yep. Raise does not mean level. It it well, it does. It should not mean level. Like leveling it out. It should not. Yeah. But all right, that that's my soapbox, and I will get off of it. But I can't, I can't, it. I can't wait till we get all the English lessons in the in the comments. Oh, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yep. There's somebody that has already finished a tweet that I'm gonna that's have right. to read when we're done with this. Well, actually, the definition of raise is comes from I, i'm stupid okay i'm yeah i'm stupid i'm a redneck 
raise means to lift up. It doesn't mean yeah. to tear down. Sorry. That's it. I'll read your tweet. I just won't have a good right. comeback for it. So I'll just, <laughs> if I ignore it, it's because I had nothing witty to say. I apologize. He's, he's going to demolish it. I will raise your tweet <laughs> to the ground. So, <laughs> so Hans, his wife, Louise, their children, and Hans's mother moved into the house after uh, they raised one house and raised the next house. That's what the corner tower is for. Yeah. His, the, his mom. Yeah. It's a mother-in-law suite kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mom, get up in that tower. Mm-hmm. You made me angry one too many times. Go sit in your tower. So Hans Tiedemann sold Franklin Castle in 1896. And I, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I'll go back. He he sold Franklin Castle in 1896, just one year after his wife, Louise, died. Now, in the century that followed, the house saw many new owners and several new uses. For 47 of those years, from 1921 to 1968, the house was known as Intract Hall. And during these years, it was the home of the German-American League for Culture, which was an ethnic cultural organization that in its early years was involved in political causes and later years it functioned as a German singing club. Now, around the time that the German club sold the house in 1968, rumors began to circulate around the west side of Cleveland that the house was haunted by the 19th century ghost of Mrs. Tiedman and her daughter Emma. Um, And in the mid-1970s, one owner of the house capitalized on on these rumors and offered tours of, quote, haunted Franklin Castle to the public. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about him, too. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you will. Um, in 1985, uh, Michael DeVinco purchased the Tiedman house and spent a large sum of money restoring it. DeVinco, whose stage name was Mickey Deans and who was the last husband of legendary singer and actress Judy Garland, lived in the house for over a decade. Shortly after he sold the house in 1999, the house was torched by an arsonist, and it caused substantial damage to the house, and a new owner spent a large sum of money in repairs, but as a result of the two economic recessions in the first decade of the 21st century, was unable to complete restoration of the house. Now, in 2011, the house was purchased by a European couple who made substantial progress in restoring it. So let's take a step back now. And let's look at the Tiedman family who, you know, who are they? What, what's their story? And like I said, keep in mind, Hans Tiedman tried to do something nice by allowing German immigrants to stay in his house when they first moved to Cleveland. See if you think that negates what's coming up. (laughs) Yeah. And by Matt's evil laugh, I'm guessing he doesn't think it does. Now, this says that all the mystery that's included in the house can be traced back to the first owners of Franklin Castle, the Tiedman family. So Mr. Tiedman, uh, he, was, he was said to be a brash and harsh man. Well, he married uh, Louise Tiedman, and they moved into the house in 1865 with their children. On January 16th, 1881, their daughter Emma Tiedman died in the house from diabetes at the young age of 15 years old. So she's 15 and she died in the new house. 
A few weeks after Emma died, Wybeka, who was Hans Tiedemann's mother, died, and her cause of death is still unknown. Between 1886 and 1888, Hans Tiedemann and his wife had to bury three more children. Their causes of death still remain unknown. So, we got four people now who died with causes of death unknown. Now, I know it's the mid to late 1800s, but we get a cause of death a lot of times for people, right? You know, you see it, even if it's assumed, well, th- there was no assumed cause of death. For them. I wonder, so, I, th- I want that. I wonder how common that was. It, it sounds mysterious now. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, did they really delve into it that deeply? You know, if it was an uh, an older individual, they they died. It it didn't it didn't look like a violent death. You know, they just kind of go, eh. You know, they died. It yep. Could could have been natural a heart, causes. Could have been a stroke. Yep. You know, d- dying of old age. You know, was was not just a term. I mean, you know, it was, there were a lot of people that were said, you know, oh, well, they just, they just died of old age. They got yep. old, something went wrong. And, yep. And so, it, that's true. There, it, it was probably more, more common than we think it was just because we're used to everything kind of being diagnosed. And, and if you die inexplicably now, you have an autopsy. I know they did autopsies and stuff then, but it, it wasn't as thorough, I'm sure, as we have now. And they couldn't check your blood chemistry and, and what was in your blood. So I, I bet you're right. I bet there was a lot of cause of death unknown or, quote, natural causes. But it, it's hard to, hard to do that with three kids. Yeah. You know, you, you got multiple kids in your family well three of them just die and all of them are causes of death unknown yeah Mm. it it does seem a little suspicious it does it does well since there are a lot of facts and stories about the events that occurred inside franklin castle and it's because of the high amount of death in the tiedman family so just like we're sitting here speculating People speculated even back then of why is there so much death in the Tiedman family. There are a lot of rumors that the deaths were not by accident or from some sickness, but instead were murders committed by the supposedly cruel Hans Tiedman. So they're saying all these deaths were because of him. Mm -hmm. Well, the secrets continued after the deaths of Emma, Wybeka, and the three other children. There were rumors that Hans was not a faithful husband, and he tried to cheat on his wife, Louise, with other women, but the other women did not have much interest in him, so this caused him to get angry, and he was already kind of a harsh, angry man. Well, he was also accused of killing his niece on the basis that he believed she was insane, so it says in his mind he believed he put her out of her misery. Well, Hans, this says, must have been rebuked by the fact that his niece was mentally ill and thought it was a miserable life to live, so he ended it for her. Well, among others, author Stephanie Lane 
had something to say about it. And she says, quote, according to legend, Hans also murdered his niece by hanging her from the rafters of a secret tunnel. And I'll, I'll talk about the secret tunnel here in a second, but she goes it's on to funny. say, every story you tell has got, it leads to something else that's, that's unique about the house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was like, well, well, we'll talk about the desk here in a minute. Oh, we're going to talk about the secret passage here in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's all twisty turny, man. Uh-huh. Well, she goes on to say that he is also said to have killed a young servant girl on her wedding day in a fit of jealous rage and strangled one of his mistresses, end quote. So a lot of people believe that Hans Tiedemann killed both the servant girl and his mistress because he had feelings for them, but they did not feel the same about him. So, the, so he became infuriated. So in addition to the death of the two women that worked in the castle, on January 24th, 1895, Hans's wife, Louise, also met her demise, the cause of which was to be, believed to be liver trouble. But many people believe there was more to that story than the Tiedman family told. So during the same year Hans's wife died, Hans Tiedemann sold Franklin Castle, like I said, to the Mollhauser family. In 1896, only a year after Hans's late wife died, he got remarried to a young waitress, but their marriage didn't last long, and they got divorced soon after the marriage. Well, in 1908, Hans Tiedemann's last living son, August, died at the age of 42. So author Stephanie Lane, again, she stated, on January 19, 1908, Hans Tiedemann died suddenly from a stroke while in a park at the age of 75. He has no surviving relatives, end quote. So, told you I'd talk about the, the secret tunnel. So, let's yeah. go back to the house. Well, after the deaths of their children, it said that Hans began renovating the house in large part to take his wife's mind off of the deaths of the kids. So Hans's renovations were substantial. The entire third floor was converted into a grand ballroom, while turrets and gargoyles were added to the exterior of the already imposing home. And at one point, the house is said to have contained 30 rooms with intricate carvings added to the walls and gas lighting installed throughout the house. Well, it was during this time that the rumors began and in addition to the official updates Hans Tiedemann made, some said he added secret passages that honeycombed the structure. All right, Matt, let's talk about one of tonight's sponsors, Every Plate. And Every Plate, as we've said before, is America's best value meal kit. And you can sizzle your way into the new year with $1 steak for life. All you got to do is add a 10-ounce ranch steak, to your weekly order for just a dollar per box while your subscription is active and that's raising the stakes for dinner <laughs> i'm telling absolutely and the cool thing about every plate is if you're looking to budget your food expenses this year and who isn't in 2024 right. i mean food prices have gone up well you can save big and eat great with america's best value meal kit their meals are cheaper than your average fast casual meal so you can ditch takeout to save money while you're still enjoying fresh, satisfying meals. And they're the easiest way to eat affordably. And you can put the money you save towards making 2024 plans. Like if you want to go out of town, get you some every plate and save that extra money that you would spend on meals 
for a vacation at the end of the year. It's well yeah. worth it. And in 2024, I know I would like to make this resolution. I know Matt would, but we got to resolve to stop stressing over what's for dinner. It's it's a thing that we all go through. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What's for dinner? You got to do it every day. Well, why not make it easy? And every plate provides plenty of delicious variety with more than 25 tasty and affordable recipes that change every week. So it's easy to find something flavorful and satisfying for every meal of the day, like breakfast 24-7, 15 minute or less meals, feel good food, and big batch faves. Plus, add even more delicious options to your order with over 25 convenient sides, breakfast items, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. Yeah, and not only is it a great value, um, it's it's great food, and it's a lot of fun. So uh, this year, uh, we had our Every Plate box come the week between Christmas and New Year's. Good timing. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, everybody, you're tired, you're gearing up for the New Year, you're worn out from Christmas. Nobody is really interested in, in going to the grocery store. So... We had our every plate box come, and we had the Korean barbecue bowls. Oh, those sound good. They were fantastic, and Piper made it. Nice. Piper Piper is 11, and she took that easy-to-read uh, recipe card, cooked the entire meal, and it was absolutely fantastic. She had fun. And Amanda and I didn't have to cook dinner that night. There you go. So it, it was it was amazing. And as Adam said, it's so much less expensive than going out to a restaurant, especially when you got a pack load of kids like I do. <laughs> so if if you want to get great food at a great value and make your dinner time so much less stressful, all you have to do is go to everyplate.com slash podcast and enter our promo code 49 graveyard that's 49 g-r-a-v-e-y-a-r-d subscription must be active to qualify and redeem the one dollar steak promotion that's right you can get a meal for a dollar 49 plus one dollar steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering our code 49 graveyard that's 49 G-R-A-V-E-Y-A-R-D. Everyplate.com slash podcast and enter our code 49 Graveyard. So they say that the uses of these hidden tunnels vary depending on who's telling the story. Some claim that Hans used the secret passages to conceal his sexual indiscretions, and others say it was to commit murder. So, yeah, it could be. There's a, a sordid history to this house. That almost that's that that makes him that makes him out to be like a serial killer, right? Okay, right. Like it it wasn't he wasn't jealous. You know that that may have been the the fuel that ignited his fire, but you know serial killers. You know that it's different. Yeah. You know so that that would be like planning. You know, you know, having a place to to hide remains or to keep someone right. captive, right? So I don't know. I, I, I mean, don't know either. I, uh, 
to me, I, it would be just a cool thing to do to your house. Oh, I've always wanted secret tunnels and, <laughs> and secret rooms. Always. I've, I've always wanted a secret tunnel and and have the big painting with the eyes, you know, <laughs> so that you could kind of look out and look at everybody. Oh, yeah. Know, like like no one would notice, but, you right. know, right. like, look at that. Look at that. Is, is that Matt on the other side of that painting of Matt? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, of course it would be a big picture of you. God, there was a movie. It was a Disney movie when I was a kid. What was it called? Um, the Private Eyes or something like that. Anyway, it was Don Knotts and Tim Conway. Do you remember mm, this movie? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and it had a, they were in like an old mansion investigating, you know, a murder or murders. Mm-hmm. And so they find a secret passage and they find the place where they can look through the painting. And there were two eye holes. And so Don Knotts is looking through the person's, you know, eyes. Well, then Tim Conway has to find another spot to look. And it's like the dog. Mm -hmm. There's like a dog in the the dog's eyes. You know, he's looking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so whenever I think about like secret passage, that's what comes into my head. Oh, yeah. Is them looking through those eyes. And it's just so, so obvious, you know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. See, I've always just wanted a, a I guess you'd call it a panic room. Yeah. But uh, a hidden room, like behind some bookcase or something like that. Or you go into a, a secret tunnel that goes into this room. Yeah. And you can hide in there. Some for tornadoes. You know, I, I yeah. want something sturdy for tornadoes, but also somebody breaks in the house, get the wife and kid down there. Or you just disappear from the wife, and she can't find you. <laughs> it's have the bookcase that spins around, you know. Mm-hmm. Put yep. the candle back. <laughs> <laughs> Put the candle back. <laughs> if you get that reference, we can be friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Frankenstein. All right, so. Along with all the weirdness of, you know, the deaths in the house, um, the the unique architecture of it, um, Franklin Castle, as Adam said, it wasn't just a home. You know, it was designed to house other people and to be a place for meetings and parties. Um, But there was a lot of talk that the house was used to house Nazis. Mm. Okay. And there is a legend that says 20 people were killed in the house with machine guns because of political disagreements. Hmm. And now later, residents claim that they could hear the fight over and over again inside the house. Oh, so, wow. So the voices, the the screams, the gunfire, all that, they could hear it. You yeah. know, just that stone tape kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and after that, the house remained vacant for a good while until it was bought in 1968 by James Romano and his family. Now, his wife had always been fascinated by the large mansion and wanted to turn it into a restaurant. But, you know, the the spiritual activity in the house made sure that that never happened. Yeah. So the Romanos had some pretty interesting experiences while living in the house. Um, They were busy uh, restoring Franklin Castle, and Mrs. Romano 
sent the children upstairs to play. So a little while later, the four children came downstairs wanting a snack. They wanted to take an extra cookie with them to give to the sad girl who was crying upstairs. Nope. Nope. So can you imagine, Miss Romano is standing there and her kids are wanting cookies and they're like, can we have an extra one for the little girl upstairs? No, you can't. Nope. (laughs) Wait a minute. Say that again. Well, there's a little girl upstairs who's crying. So after hearing this, uh, she had to go check it out. So she goes upstairs and she's looking around, but there's nobody there. But the children are insisting that they had been playing with other children up there, not just a little girl that had been crying. There were other kids up there as well. Now, there's a lot of speculation that these would be the spirits of the deceased Tiedman children. You know, remember, they, they lost three different children there. Um, Techni- technically four. Yeah, technically right. four. Now, Emma Emma died, I think, bef- before the house. It, it um, was like right before they moved in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she died. She died a little bit early, but still, Emma's ghost is considered to be one of the most frequent spirits that is that is captured there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but this this scared Miss Romano uh, Miss Romano uh, quite a bit. Now. Two of the older Romano children woke up one night to find something yanking the blankets off their bed. Yeah. Now this this is a this is something that we've talked about before. People that you know are staying in like supposed haunted hotels and things like that. Somebody ripping the covers off of them. And mm-hmm. I got to thinking, you know, we've talked about how much energy it would take for a spirit to roll a ball or to turn a switch and turn a light on and off. This is ripping the covers off of somebody. If you, if you wonder how much energy that takes, try it. Yeah. You know, go try to rip the covers off of somebody laying in the bed. Um, that's a lot of energy. Okay. So, so something has got to be fueling it. If, I mean, if, if this place is really this haunted, there's gotta be something there that's, that's pumping this energy into it to allow it to rip the covers off the bed. Um, Miss Romano, she claims that she woke up in the middle of the night only to find herself lying in the floor screaming. Okay. But there was an unseen presence screaming right beside her. Really? So can you imagine you wake up, you're screaming like you just woke up out of a nightmare. And you feel something next to you and hear it screaming with you. Yeah, that that would freak me out. I'd be screaming even more. <laughs> That's right. It's like the things where, like, some, you know, the movies where somebody's scared, ah, and then the other one, ah, and they just go back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's what it would be, except this other voice is just screaming along with her. Crazy. That's nuts, man. The Romanos also also said that organ music would fill the house on a regular occasion, but the Romanos didn't even own an organ. Hmm. So it's not the, you know, (laughs) it's not even the the ghost sitting there playing a piano that they have. Right. You know, they don't have an organ, but there's organ music going. 
And that's, so uh, that's yeah. And I'm thinking, man, you know, it'd be one thing to have a piano, but an, a, a full on organ. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and and to hear that, I mean, that's the an organ would be the creepiest music you could hear in your house. I, yeah, other than banjos, think. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> banjos would be pretty creepy too. The Romanos also reported footsteps, uh, the sound of of glasses, um, you know, knocking together, um, turning ceiling lamps, um, and the the family decided, okay, we got to get some help. We we you know we can't we can't handle this. There's too much going on. So they looked looked for help from paranormal investigators. So during one of these investigations, um, one of the investigators actually ran out of the house screaming. Okay. Was I mean, something next to them screaming on the way out too. Uh, yeah. must be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're going to scream with you. We yeah. love screaming. We're scared too. I don't know what we're scared of, but we're scared too. You know, and, and I, I've got an, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call him out, but anyway, um, when you scream at a dog to quit barking, yeah. okay, the dog thinks, oh, cool, we're both barking. <laughs> yep. So that's yep. what I, I think in my head, you know, oh, th- they're screaming. I'll scream too, this spirit. Yep. You're like, yay, we're both screaming, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, to, to spook a paranormal investigator, um, you know, even in the even in the 60s, early 70s, um, yeah. that – that's quite a bit, you know, that, by this time, pe- people had, uh, people had kind of figured out, you know, oh, we're going to go on a ghost hunt, you know? Um, so you'd think maybe they had experienced something that was freaky before. Um, you would think, but yeah. this, but this, this got them. So where do you go? If the paranormal investigators can't help, where do you turn next? Um, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, pretty much. No, okay. no, a, <laughs> a priest. Ah, uh, yep. That so, makes more sense so than Scooby Doo. <laughs> so they bring a <laughs> priest in and ask him to perform an exorcism. Okay, let's take a second and talk about tonight's sponsor, Fume. Now, it's it's the new year. Everybody's looking at changing something. Mm-hmm. You know, they made a resolution. And kicking a bad habit is one of the most common things people decide, I'm going to change this about myself for the new year, okay? And cold turkey may work great on sandwiches, but when it comes to breaking bad habits, that's why usually by February, people's New Year's resolutions are in the trash because I, I can't make a switch that fast. Well, Fume looks to make that make breaking that bad habit a little bit easier now if you don't know fume is an innovative award-winning flavored air device that helps with breaking bad habits so instead of vapor it uses flavored air and instead of electronics fume is completely natural and instead of harmful chemicals fume uses delicious flavors so you get it you you replace the bad with the good. Right. And it's a habit that you're free to enjoy, and it makes replacing your bad habit a lot easier. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts 
and magnets so you can kind of fidget it. It feels cool in your hands. It clicks and so forth. So, you know, if you've got that, I, I got to, you know, I, I've, I've got to do something with my hands. Mm-hmm. This gives you something pretty cool to mess with. Right. And and I was I was skeptical of that at first, you know, because I'm not a fidget toy yeah. kind of guy. But I'll be honest with you. It it's weighted really well. It's nice and heavy and it, it's smooth finish. It feels good in your hand. And the little tactile stuff, the clicky airflow and the magnet thing, I've actually found myself doing that a lot when I was, mm. you know, trying to kick my habit. I'm sitting there, tick, 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 snip, 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 with the thing, <laughs> just yeah. unknowingly. So it, it works. It really does work for something to do with your hands. And the, the taste of the fume is really cool. It's got a kind of... It's got a bunch of different flavors, but the one I picked had like an herbal taste to it with a little bit of black pepper in it, and it was a good good substitute for what I'm used yeah. to. And all you're doing is breathing in this flavored air, like Matt was saying, so you're not getting any of that bad stuff in there. And it looks really cool, too. Like I said, it's made with real wood and real metal. And you've got to look at and try the new Solano fume. It's made with premium walnut barrel, and it's got an onyx-coated mouthpiece that has a slightly softer finish. So a little softer on your lips, a little softer on the fingertips when you're playing with it, and it looks really cool. And right now is the best time to start a good habit with fume. All orders for the month of January have buy one, get one cores so you can stock up for that New Year's resolution. Plus, as a listener of the show, you get an extra 10% off when you use our code. Head to tryfume.com slash tails, that's T-A-L-E-S, and use our code tails, T-A-L-E-S, for an additional 10% off plus BOGO cores until January 31st to help make starting the good habit that much easier. That's tryfume, T-R-Y-F-U-M dot com slash tails and use our code tails for an additional 10% off plus BOGO cores until January 31st. So the priest told them that there were evil spirits in the house and that they should leave because the spirits were too powerful to remove. Oh, wow. And you know what they did? They uh, stayed. The, no, they left. Oh. In 1974, <laughs> the Romanos moved out. You know, That's they, smart. They, they beat feet because, it, again, it was just too much. And when you, you think about this, you, all the stuff that this family experienced, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd move out too. Yeah, probably so. Now, the house I may was, be dumb, but I ain't stupid. <laughs> I'd get out of there. That's right. Well, I'll stick around. Uh, it's the worst. You, you can't sleep, you know? Yeah. And if I, yep. if I can't sleep, I can't stay. No, yeah, um, I'm with you. But the, the house was then sold to Sam Muscatello. Now, initially, Muscatello wanted to turn the building into a church. But the ghost stories that had already come out about Franklin Castle mm. didn't yeah. lend to him being able to put a church in there. Yeah. Okay. So he decided to turn it into a tourist attraction, which Adam Adam touched on earlier. 
So this is this is the guy, Sam Sam Muscatello. He was the one that decided, well, if if we're this house is haunted, let's try and make a buck off of it. Mm-hmm. So he opened the house to the public, and he would give people tours. Now he says fearless people could also spend the night. He really wanted to make a profit out of the ghost stories. He was so intrigued by all the secret passageways and tunnels, he decided to explore the house. So in one of the hidden rooms, guess what he found? <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't want to know. I don't think. Human bones. Yep. He That's found human bones. So, you know, he took this story to the media because, you know, how... Look, you don't think his house is haunted? You don't you want to you don't think you want to come see this my haunted house? We found human bones in this house. See, so I'm don't tell that, me it's not haunted. I'm worried that he went to the media before the police though. Uh, yeah, you I know, mean that, it didn't really say, but I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, now nowadays if you find human remains, it I mean everything becomes a lockdown. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, it's not like you're going to walk around and make a cane out of somebody's femur or nothing. You know, it's, you know, oh, you don't get to do you that. Can't? Yeah. You can't do that anymore? Well, no. Oh, yeah. I've never done that. That, <laughs> that one you got's okay, though. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Shoo. <laughs> and, and as Adam pointed out, it, it seemed a little suspicious. Some people claimed that he was the one that placed the bones himself trying to garner more attention for his haunted house tours. Unfortunately, um, I could see that because of what we've seen people do. Right. So I, I, I did some digging and sure enough, you know, there, there was a partial skeleton found in the house. Um, so there were human remains there. Where do you get human remains to place the bones yourself? I mean, so you're you're either accusing him of being a grave robber, right, or a murderer, right? You know, I mean, and I don't know where else you know you you would get human bones, but it's probably not legal, you know, no, not enough to shove them in and pretend that you found them. Yeah, because nowadays, you know, there are oddity shops that I have visited that they do get like classrooms that had actual human skeletons for anatomy. They'll sometimes sell those and get fake ones. And then these oddity shops end up with them. But I don't know if then it was the same. So I don't think you could go, you know, somebody donated their body to science and ended up in a classroom. And now it ends up in an oddity shop. And then it ends up in somebody like me's house. Yeah. But I don't think that was the same then. I, I'm not 100% sure. I, you probably not. But realize we're, we're just talking about the 70s. So it wasn't right. like, you know, that it was 100 years ago. Yeah. But I just my, don't know when they allowed that to be a thing if the 70s was. Yeah. Well, it was probably a lot more lax, yeah, you know, true. as far as. Is being able to buy, you know, True. human remains from, you know, a university, get a skull or something. When mm-hmm. I when I was in college back in the in the early nineties, um, we had in anatomy class we had a human skeleton, and we yeah. had other human bones as well. Um, 
you you really just looked at them. You mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't pick them up because we were informed uh, quite often how much it cost to replace <laughs> the human bones. Now we had tons of plaster bones, yeah. you know, that were made from molds that you could use for study purposes. There was a benefit to being able to actually see what what the what it looked like as, sure. as real yeah. bone, um, but you didn't want to accidentally drop it because mm-hmm. they were quite quite fragile you know those your 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 living bone is very strong you know a a preserved skull it's been sitting around for 40 years is not oh yeah yeah i i know from just the animal skulls that i've got when you clean them and you know it's not living tissue anymore mm-hmm. all that stuff in the center of it the marrow and and the gelatinous stuff that's adding to the shock absorption of the bone when that's gone and then you clean it, the cleaning makes it brittle. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have any shock absorption. You can break. Like I've got bobcat skulls that I got from a taxidermist that are some of the most fragile ones I've got besides, you know, like fish bones. They are super right, fragile right, because yeah. they've been cleaned and, so that's why all of mine are in glass cases behind me so they don't get messed up. Yeah. So with with your knowledge of of bones and and preserving bones and things like that, you you would be the one that would would be able to answer this. So he finds these human bones. And and people are saying, "Hey, he put them there himself probably to to get more mm-hmm. business for his haunted house." But my thought is, is if he got human bones, if like he, if he purchased them and put them there, that would not look, those bones wouldn't look like what natural bones from a decaying corpse would no. look like if you came across them, you know, no, not at all. Not I mean, at all. you know, I've seen, I've seen your collection many times and you know, you're, you're, they're clean. Um, you know, they've been what bleached, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that they have that white appearance bones that were just laying there because of natural, you know, decay, they wouldn't yeah. look like that. No, I I've got a couple deer legs that I found that I did not bleach heavily. I'd sterilized, but didn't bleach the same way. Yeah. And they, they have a dark hue to them, a a brownish hue to them from, like you said, the decaying of the flesh Mm -hmm. from just sitting in soil for a while. And they weren't even there probably a year, you know, is probably from the previous mating season or whatever that they were there. If these things were there for decades, decades upon decades, they're going to be even in an undisturbed thing. You're going to have broken pieces. They're going to look gross. There's a, a calcification mm-hmm. or, or a mineralization that happens to bones that are buried for a while. You know, it, it's think about fossils. Mm-hmm. They're not bone anymore. They're right. rock that took the place of this bone because the minerals leached in and then the calcium in the bones went away and preserved that bone structure. Mm-hmm. You will have some of that depending on the age of the bone. The bone will be 
a, a different composition yeah. and look different than fresh bone. Yeah. So if he got fresh bone, I'm sure somebody would have gone, dude, that looks cleaned and, and well-preserved and... Why does it have wire on the hinge? You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it, it looks like you could hold it up and pose it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It, so I, I thought, based on what you know, the documented history of the house, it it makes sense that yeah. you know he could potentially find real human remains. Yeah, sure, but either way, whether he placed them or he found them. It didn't bring any more business into his haunted house. That's okay? a bummer. But the weird stories kept coming. Okay. So Muscatello, he sold the house, but the strange occurrences that his guests had written in the guest book, they were still pretty fascinating. And it also added a little bit more light to Teedman's activity while he was alive. Okay. So one of the most frequent spirits seen is the woman in black. And she is seen in the tower room from time to time. Uh, she looks out the window. People on the street have reported seeing a, a woman in black looking out of the window. And these are like turret windows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like, you know, Adam said, you know, I'd be up there shooting an arrow. Um so they're turret windows and they can see her, you know, looking out at the people on the street. Now, there there are two two different ideas as to who this might be. Um this article says that it's said to be the ghost of Rachel, who was a maid who really didn't want to have anything to do with, you know, Teedman and his advances. And so it was determined that she was most likely strangled by Teedman. Because people have a sensation of feeling like they're being choked yeah. when they get in that room. Yeah. So not only are people seeing a spirit from the outside through the window, guests that, and visitors that go up there report this sensation of being choked. And we hear that all the time. We sure do. I mean, we sure do. You know, you'll, you'll. You know, that's like, I feel like I, you know, I've got hands around my neck. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is enough for making me, I'm not going up there. Okay. Nope. I'll go, mm-hmm. I'll look, I'll see if I see a ghost, but if, if I'm going to get choked when I get up there, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Now people who have spent the night, uh, in Franklin castle claim to have heard a woman suffocating, but when they go up there, they can't find anyone there. So. I'm suffocating was the word that was used in this article. I, I always think of suffocating as, you know, it's something over your face. Mm-hmm. So what does mm-hmm. that sound like? I don't know. But the sound of someone being strangled, like with hands around it, that's, that's very distinct, you yeah. know? So either way, they're hearing this, they go and investigate. Nobody's there. The, mm. the other idea is that this could, the woman in black, could be Mrs. Teedman herself. Um, either way, you know, probably won't ever know, but this is the most frequently spotted spirit in the castle. Now, a Cleveland radio host named John Webster described 
his visit to Franklin Castle. And this is a cool one because I've never heard anything like this happening. He said something snatched his tape recorder and threw it down the stairs. Really? He said, I just stood there holding the microphone as I watched the tape recorder go flying down to the bottom of the stairs where it broke into pieces. Huh? I'm like, yeah, there you go. That now that that is a ghost story. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And you know, being a radio host, I, surely he's, you know, he's wanting to play this up, but I'm like, you know, he, he, he wasn't in there by himself. Certainly somebody would have seen him throw his own tape recorder down there. And yeah, I can't, he, you know, can't uh, imagine he would have done that. You know, he's trying to record, get some evidence up there. Um, but that was pretty cool. It's the first time I've heard something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, and again, that's one of those things that takes a lot of energy, a lot of energy, you know, to grab something. It's one thing to push something over, but to grab something from somebody and then throw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that takes some juice right there. Now, the spirit of the 13 year old niece of, uh, of Hans Tiedman is said to haunt the house as well. Now, uh, her name was Karen, and she was hanged in one of the tunnels behind the ballroom because she was insane. Let that sink in. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't hang herself. She was hanged for was being hanged, insane. Yeah. So Tiedman claimed that he wanted to put the girl out of her misery. But in truth, as the story goes, so I don't know how much truth is this, but The story is is that he caught her in bed with one of his grandsons. Hmm. At 13? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know. Now, this one, this next one, I I included it, but I I couldn't verify it anywhere else. Um, And there's not any additional details. There There is the story that someone was killed in the room in one of the rooms with an axe and that 12 baby corpses were found in a secret room. Jeez. Now that the, here's the thing, the stuff about Mus, uh, Muscatello and finding the bones, that's all over. I mean, it's you, you can find that instantly and mm-hmm. multiple stories about it. Um, there's not anything else really about you know them finding 12 baby corpses in there at any time in history. Um, but there are rumors that a doctor briefly lived in the house after Tiedman and he had done experiments on babies and the Hmm. sound of crying babies is frequently heard and reported. So to me, and and you tell me what you think, Adam, the babies crying, like I said, it is very commonly, but you got to remember three children died in that house. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that, that seems to go along with that, not the mass murder of a dozen babies. Um, this sounds like a really creepy legend, uh, that was, that was developed because of the baby crying experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. But, you know, there was also, there, there's, Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think Thomas Jefferson's home, they found multiple skeletons in 
what would have been his backyard. Mm -hmm. So what it turned out was his son-in-law worked at a place that studied like people after they died. And then after they died, he buried them there in the backyard. So if this doctor worked with infants, maybe he buried them there. Maybe. And it may not have been as gruesome as, you know, Right, because right. you know it. It you got to remember what it says. Someone was killed with an axe. It didn't say that these babies were killed. Right. Um. It just says that baby corpses were found. It doesn't say they were murdered. So it, you know, you add in. Well, he was doing experiments on the babies. What if he wasn't? Mm-hmm. What if What if he was trying to save babies, and mm-hmm. they died, and you know, grief stricken parents didn't know what to do. And or couldn't afford to to have a a, a real burial, right. and you know he says, I, "Don't worry about it." You know, I'll take, I, care, I'll of take care of it. You don't yep. you don't have to be stressed with this. I mean, there's numerous things that would make this not, you know, something just horrifying, but right. still the that that aspect of hearing the babies crying is is there. Um, you know, it's it's widely reported. But it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's gruesome. That's why I I think that this is kind of this is kind of embellished a little bit uh, to make it sound a lot more scary than it actually is. Sure. But I'm sure. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to tell me anything. If I'm in a house <laughs> and there's no babies and I'm hearing babies crying, that's scary enough. Just leave it yep. at that. Yep. For sure. For sure. Now, um, Michael Davinko who Adam talked about earlier. He was the the last husband of Judy Garland. He also had some experiences while living in the house. He was quoted in the newspaper as saying, we've had a lot of incidents of poltergeists in the house. He said, but they have slowed down their activity. He went on to explain that he thought the activity was due to the renovations he had made to the house, but that the spirits must have eventually accepted him as being, quote, old man Tiedman. So, like, the spirits were buddies with Tiedman or something. Hmm. Um, but the Davinko family lived in the house until 1999, and they did not offer tours, but Michael told the newspaper that they ru- routinely received calls from people hoping to get a look at the secret passageways or to see how the mirrors in the home would mysteriously fog up. And that's that is one thing about the research for this. And I I mentioned it when Adam was talking about how you talk about one thing and it leads to something else. Yeah. Nowhere else had I seen the mirrors would fog up mysteriously. Okay, until I read the newspaper article that quotes uh, Michael Davinko. And he was Mm -hmm. like, or or how the how the mirrors fog up. Wait, what? That that's yeah. something new. <laughs> so it's like I'm reading one story and I learned something new from it that hadn't been discussed before. Um, it's weird when you stand in front of the mirror and breathe; it it tends to fog <laughs> up. I don't. It seems weird. Yeah, but you think about it. If you're staring at a mirror in a like a, a you know a, a living room or a dining room, mm-hmm. and you're you're back away from it, you're not expecting to see it fog up. Sure. Yeah. So that's that's kind of interesting. Um, 
Now, during one paranormal investigation, an apparition was caught on a static video camera running across the field of view. That spirit is suspected to be Emma Tiedman, the daughter of Hans and Louise, the one that that died from diabetes right as the house mm. was right right as they were about to move in. Now, the castle has been featured on TV shows Paranormal Lockdown, Ghost Adventures, and The Holzer Files. So, um, you know, there's a lot of material out there. There's a lot to read. There's a lot to watch. Um, I watched a couple documentaries about the house. It's 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 a fascinating place, and I'm sure oh, yeah. you know the listeners we've got in Cleveland. Um, they may know a few more stories, but they've definitely probably seen it or at least been by it. I mean, it yeah. it's not hidden away. I mean, it's right there in town. So, um, you know that that's that's a pretty cool aspect of it too. I think you know just being right here. You know, it's just yeah. hey, it's right there in town. Hey, you know that house right there? It's on it. <laughs> yep. The, the the creepy looking uh castle house yeah it's haunted yeah that's right now the the current owners are continuing their restoration but the house is open for tours now and there are four rooms available for staying overnight they also offer paranormal investigation packages for private nighttime ghost hunts so and i told adam check out their website um they have events there you know, pretty regularly, but the website itself is really neat. It's completely interactive. Um, it gives you a lot of the background uh, of the house itself and the things that go on. And, you know, there's a whole calendar of events that they do, um, but really, really cool place. So if you live in Cleveland and you've never gone by there, give it a shot now, because I know depending on who was living there, um, you, you, you may or may not have been able to go and, and tour it or, or really even get close to it because you don't want to wander up in somebody's yard. You know, if they're, mm-hmm. if they're, if they're not wanting, you know, visitors, you know, don't, don't do that. But, you know, the current owners are, 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 are beginning to open this thing up and, you know, there's tours available. Um, and you can even, you can stay overnight. Like I said, there's four rooms where you can stay and, you know, have a shot at really experiencing something, something, you know, bizarre. Um, and, and based on the stories that, that we've covered tonight, I mean, it sounds like this place is legit. I mean, yeah, you know, yep. even if it's not as over the top as some of these stories sound, um, a, a lot of people, you know, that have lived in that house have said, yeah, this is the stuff that goes on here, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you, how many times have we seen people that have this amazing amount of haunted activity in a home and they move out and then the new people move in and they've been there for like 20 years and I'm like, yeah, nothing happens. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the ceiling fan makes a funny noise, but we got some WD-40. And that fixed, <laughs> you know, so ghost debunked, Yeah, but not so with Franklin Castle, you know, new people buy the, the property, they move in, they experience some stuff, you know, they, they finally leave other people move in, they get some, they experience some stuff. So it, it just seems like it, it still goes on today. Um, mm-hmm. pretty cool place. And, um, 
I didn't, I, I had not, uh, I was not aware that this place existed really. Um, but certainly not a castle in the middle of Cleveland, Ohio. Right. And, right. and I sure as hell didn't know that Ohio had 14 castles. No, I didn't know that either. That's kind of wild. I mean, Tennessee's got a few. I've seen a couple of them. Yeah, um, Texas has a few. Yeah, but, but, you know, I didn't realize Ohio was 14. So Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty great. Make you, I think make y'all are overdoing it. <laughs> y'all are overdoing it on the, the castle thing. If you could back down a little bit. That's right. You know, it's not like, you know, we've got European history, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of, you know, history where the castles were built, you know, all this stuff. And all, mm-hmm. like, no, you know, it's like, you know, uh, 1700s, you know, yeah, let's build a castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if, if you, if you have heard some stories of Franklin Castle, if, if you're one of our listeners in, in the Cleveland area or in Ohio and you, you know, somebody that's experienced something at the Franklin castle, or you've had an experience there, let us know. And the best place to do that is in our Facebook group. Uh, just go to Facebook, search graveyard tales. Uh, we call our group, the graveyard. Thousands of people are in there sharing personal experiences, sharing their dad jokes. Um, some people even asking for a help because they're having, you know, a, a weird disturbance in their house. You know, we've seen that too jump in there. Uh, it's, it's a private group, so you're not going to have to worry if you want to share a really great story. Nobody's going to call you nuts or crazy or a weirdo. Uh, we all just want to hear these really cool stories. Um, then you can check out our website, which is graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. You can listen to the show and you can become a patron. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, we've got, uh, some big, big news coming out for our $10 uh, patrons. Um, so uh, be on the lookout for that. It's coming really, really soon. Um, you know, and and Adam and I are pretty excited about it. Uh, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes because it brings us up the charts a little bit. And it makes it easier for people to find the graveyard. So pretty cool place. Franklin Castle. Go check it out. And until next time. We'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss and if your identity is stolen your dedicated u.s-based restoration specialist will work to fix it let lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for save 25 percent off your first year on lifelock ultimate plus at lifelock.com aware terms apply 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.